This is Strange Assembly episode 257, five games from before the year 2000. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there on iTunes or all sorts of other places. And of course, you can find us at pretty much any social media where we will be Strange Assembly. What I wanted to do today was go back a little bit in the time machine. Like, strike that. Go back quite a bit in gaming turns in the time machine to before the year 2000 and highlight five games that I think, even though they were released before the year 2000, are still just as worth playing today as they were then. I know we're all cult of the new, and even if you're not really, really cult of the new, there's no denying that over the last 10 years, Tabletop board and card games are, on average, way better than they used to be. But, but, that does not mean that there are not gems from the past. And these five are ones that I think are very much worth trying out, if you haven't already. The first one is Can't Stop. Designed by Sid Saxon, Can't Stop was first published by Parker Brothers in 1980. Most recent U.S. printing is from Eagle Griffin, and Can't Stop, if you've ever seen it, has this very distinctive look because the board is a stop sign. Can't Stop is a dice-rolling, press-your-luck game. In Can't Stop, you are rolling a set of six-sided dice, and you're pairing them off. So, as anybody knows, when you pair off six-sided dice, you get a number from 2 to 12 you have three markers on any one turn. And when you roll and pair off these dice, you are going to start advancing markers on the columns that represent the numbers that you've picked. So you're perfectly safe the first roll, and you're perfectly safe the second roll. But starting with the third roll, you may not be safe because you only have three of these markers. And... If you've used them up, now you have to decide, do you want to keep on rolling, knowing that you might roll only numbers that you aren't occupying and you don't have markers for, which means that your turn ends. And not just that your turn is done now, but it means that you get nothing for that turn. You've advanced those three markers, they'll go away, nothing changes. If you stop for the turn then you will take your permanent colorful markers and put them where you had advanced those temporary markers to. You pass the temporary markers on to the next player. Of course, playing it perfectly safe in a game like this is never going to win. But just risking more and more and more is also probably not going to win. You have to think about what combinations you rolled the first time, what you're picking, how much more likely you are to roll a 7 compared to how much longer that track is than, say, a 2 or a 12, which you're pretty unlikely to roll, but has a very short track. It is a game that adults enjoy, even 
you know, serious gamer and adults enjoy. It is a game that you can also play with kids. You can even have them learn a little bit of math. But most of all, it is just some some pretty fast fun. Can't stop by Sid Saxon, currently published by Eagle Griffin Games. Next, we'll jump 15 years ahead when we'll spend the rest of our time in the late 1990s. And we'll talk about Medici, which was published in 1995, originally from Rio Grande Games. The most recent third edition was in 2016 from Grail Games. And this one is designed by Reiner Knizia. Now, if you know anything about the state of board gaming, say before 2005 or so, you'll know that an awful lot of the top level games produced had been designed by Reiner Knizia. Uh, and some of those, as with anyone who is prolific, some of them have aged well, some of them have it. Medici is one that has really aged well. Medici is pretty much a pure auction game. It is played over the course of three rounds. And in each round, each player controls a cargo ship with a hold. And you're going to fill that hold with different goods that are going to come up on the auction block. And while collecting these goods, you're trying to get overall a valuable money-wise ship, because that's going to translate to points at the end of the round. But also, you care what kind of goods you're picking up, because at the end of each round, you're going to advance on a track for each of the goods, and then the players who are in first and second place on that track are going to get bonus points. When the auctions come up, one player is going to control, sort of, what's in the auction, in that they get to decide how many goods to throw in. They, they throw in one, decide whether or not they want to toss in another one, decide whether or not they want to toss in another one, up to three. And this can make some bundles very lucrative. If you, you, know, you get a bundle that's two of the same color and they're high value, somebody is probably going to pay through the nose for that. If you get a bundle that's three different colors that's somehow still only worth a net value of one, probably no one is going to bid on that. Of course, the more interesting things come in when you have more mixed bundles. Oh, this one has two that I really want, but it's also got a zero that I've got no use for. But that's going to take up space in your cargo hold, and you have to figure out what is worth it then, especially since when you buy one of those three good bundles, that's taken up more than half of your cargo hold, and you might be left out in future ones. Auction games are not really a huge favorite of mine, but Medici is really straightforward and it's really fun and it's really good and manages to actually be one of two auction games on this set of five. But that is Medici, designed by Reiner Knizia, currently published in the United States by Grail Games. Next up is another Reiner Knizia game, which we'll call, for the sake of argument, Colossal Arena. This has been repeatedly reskinned. It was first published as Grand National Derby. It was reskinned and got some rules updates the following year in 97 as Titan the Arena. It was then modified a little bit more and published by Fantasy Flight Games as Colossal Arena. 
the most recent version of this was the Fantasy Flight Games Silver Line version from 2007, which actually makes Colossal Arena the game on this list that has had the longest time since it had its most recent printing. It's the one game that you're more likely to need to go to eBay or the BGG Marketplace to pick up, but still something that is available used for an entirely reasonable price. And I say Colossal Arena because it's the slickest production, it's got the best rule set. The best theming out of all of them was really Knizia's original, which is Grand National Derby, which was a horse racing game because this is a betting game. Whether it's horses or spaceships or fantasy monsters, and it's fantasy monsters in Colossal Arena, you don't control a particular monster trying to win a round of arena combat as that monster. No, no, no. You are betting on the horses or the monsters or the aliens or whatever about who is going to be left standing at the end of this competition. And you and the other players are going to be playing cards each round. And at the end of each round, you'll start with a row of, say, six or eight and then at the end of each round, one of those contestants will be entered, and then you'll get down to a final three and figure out whether or not you have placed your bets on the right horses or whatever. It is fast, and it is fun, and this is another one that I have had a lot of success bringing out at family gatherings. It's not great with kids, because they often are not great on the betting concept, and then trying to figure out who they're betting on and who they're having win. It requires a little too much hidden information, usually for them to grok, but just with with family members or with uh, other gamers, Colossal Arena has been uh, a big hit with me on more than one occasion. And that is, uh, again, by the second game on this episode from Reiner Knizia, most recent version from Fantasy Flight Games, although that was... 12 years ago at this point. The fourth game I wanted to mention today was For Sale. This was first published in 1997, got its first English version in 1998, but it's probably more familiar from the Uber Play and then Eagle Griffin version, which had you know similar looking boxes. Uh, and the Uber Play one came out in 2005, the Eagle Griffin came out in 2008. The most recent version is uh, also from Eagle Griffin, and that was released only two years ago in 2017. For Sale is thematically a property trading game, just like Medici is thematically a, you know, trading in the Mediterranean game. It doesn't really matter for the gameplay. This one is also an auction game. Uh, In fact, it's a double auction game. Because at the beginning of the game, you're going to have cash, then you're going to trade that cash into property, and then you're going to trade that property back into cash. So essentially, you're trying to buy properties and then flip them for more than you paid for them. But the way that the auction works in each of these, instead of being what you might think of as the more traditional go around the table and everybody just picks the number that they're willing to bid, and then at the end of the round, you know, the the last person gets the option to go high and take it. In for sale, you have a selection of, let's say you have four players, you've got four things up there that are going to be distributed to the players this round. And those have a fixed set 
of values and you have in your hand a certain amount of resources and so when you are bidding in the opening round it's not that you're bidding a particular dollar amount for a particular property rather you are bidding on selection order so it's possible to have a spread of cards that are very similar in value in which case it isn't very valuable to go first so that one you might want to try to bid low on there might be another set of properties out there where you are you you see that there is an enormous difference between the thing that is most valuable and then the other ones or things where there's two that are pretty valuable and then two that are not valuable at all now again all, all of a sudden you've got a much different value on what going first is so you have to kind of gauge whether or not you think that this auction is the one where you want to use your high value material for to try to get the best properties and then after you've done those rounds of bidding you now have a set of properties and you do the whole thing again except this time you're using your properties to try to get cash and again though you've got those same fixed values where you are trying to hopefully turn your low value properties into at least a moderate amount of money and make sure that you use your fancy pants properties when the cash that's available is really good like i said this is the second auction game on the list which is a bit odd in a way because i don't think of auctions as a mechanic that i'm a super fan of but like medici for sale is a classic and a, a really great example of a genre that you can play as a filler with with basically anybody this is a light game but a great game to play even with hardcore gamers as sort of a palate cleanser between your your other heavy entries on game night and finally we have another small card game from 1998 and that's guillotine guillotine designed by paul peterson was first published by wizards of the coast second published by wizards of the coast third published by wizards of the coast and fourth published by wizards of the coast it is indeed the only game on this list that ha has had one single publisher in the united states its entire run guillotine from paul peterson the theme of this game is indeed executing people in the french revolution the object is to kill the least popular nobles right you are an executioner you want the crowd to love you and the way you get the crowd to love you is by making sure that when it comes your turn to chop off a head, the least popular people are up there waiting to take their turn to visit Madame La Guillotine. And so you're going to have a line of potential victims out there, and this is one line for all of the players, and over the course of the game, you're playing cards out of your hand to manipulate this line, to maybe change the value of the people, to change the order, you know to make sure that the people that are the least popular are the ones that come up on your turn again fast again a small card game this one you know you may or may not want to play with little ones depending on what you think about the theme i tend to fall in the it's all good fun category but it is a morbid theme but this is another one it it doesn't have the cachet, I think, in the gamer community that For Sale does, but I think that Guillotine is also a really entertaining play, again, in this 
short filler category and and of course can be played at at any of your family gatherings that's five games from before 2000 that are are still worth checking out i know we usually talk about newer things on the podcast but i wanted to take a little moment to take a look back and check out what some of the gems from the past are of course, if you go back to pre-2000 games, you also have a, a wide array of things like miniatures games and a handful of collectible card games that are, are still around. But, you know, I think everyone knows that Magic the Gathering is out there by now. I don't think it's a coincidence that these games are relatively light. You know, Medici is the only one that could not be described as a filler. I think that those sort of streamlined classic mechanics have held up better as the hobby over the years has gotten more and more prolific with heavier board games and better designed heavy board games and you know the quote-unquote euro games where the heavy games shifted away from more of a dudes on a map winner take all to something where everybody gets to keep playing throughout the entirety of the game so to recap those games were can't stop medici Colossal Arena for sale and guillotine. I heartily recommend checking those out. You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to this podcast there on iTunes, uh, Apple Play, the Google Play Music Store, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts are sold. If you like listening to this podcast, we would especially appreciate it if you checked us out on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, because that will let you leave us a rating or review. And iTunes is still the behemoth of podcast downloading services, so it's really important to have people leave ratings and reviews there, because that can help other people discover the podcast. You can find us on all the usual social media haunts. We are at Strange Assembly on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Strange Assembly, or Strange Assembly on Instagram. You can also reach me directly. I'm Chris at StrangeAssembly.com. I always like to hear your comments, your criticisms, your feedback. And finally, we would be eternally grateful if you visit us at Patreon.com slash StrangeAssembly and decide to support with a little tiny monthly pledge. But until then, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.